right, guys. So as, as we're uh, continuing through our journey here, feels like we're on lesson 40 of about the followers through followers of Jesus. Like I said, when you go through the New Testament and just look at people that are name by name that actually followed Christ and and He touched their lives and changed them. There's a long list. In fact, this morning I was I was uh, taking a little bit of time and, and working on some some stuff for next week's lesson and. And I was, I was telling my wife, I said, uh, you know, we're on, a, I'm working on Followers of Jesus Part 11, and I've still got 16 pages of notes <laughs> for, for, you know, I said, maybe we might get up to Followers of Jesus Part 40, who knows? There's a lot out there. Uh, I mean, you take every name and just, you look for their name in the Bible, and, and you find out where they're at, and then you find out who they were with and what they were doing, and it, it's just a lot of trails to follow. And... Uh, you know, we see it, and the reason we do this is because we want to be able to follow Jesus as, as well. And, and these are people that that God used. He decided He wanted to put their names in this New Testament, so we would have a, a guide, a guide book or a map, you know, to show how they were. So we're going to start off in, in Acts chapter eighteen. Acts chapter eighteen, <clears throat> and then we're going to read verses twenty four and twenty five. Acts chapter 18, verses 24 and 25, and the Bible says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. So who do we see here? We see this guy. His name is Apollos, okay? And, and just looking at just these two verses, we see a lot about him. He was an evangelist. Uh, he was an apologist. He was a church leader. And he was a friend of the, of the Apostle Paul. And, and Paul touched a lot of people's lives because we see a lot of people that, that, that are there with Paul on his missionary journeys. Well, Apollos, this guy, he, it says he was a Jew. So he grew up knowing the Old Testament. He knew the Old Testament from birth. They teach the Old Testament to the Jews. And yet, Christ came and touched his life. And now he's a Christian, and he's preaching Christ. Okay? So he was a Jew from Alexandria, Egypt. Okay? And then the Bible describes him here as, as an eloquent man, uh, mighty in the Scriptures. Okay? He had to have some knowledge if he was mighty in the Scriptures. Okay? Um, there's plenty of preachers today that, that are preaching Sunday morning, and they have no idea what the Bible is. Um, not too many far from here either. And then it says that he's fervent in the Spirit. And that's pretty important. If you're going to be mighty in the Scriptures, the Spirit's got to be there with you. You can't just be mighty in the Scriptures and not have the Spirit filled in you. And it also says that he was instructed in the way of the Lord. So that's a pretty pretty heavy pedigree for this guy, right? It's pretty good. Well, in 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 A.D. 54, Apollos traveled to Ephesus. Okay, here he comes in Ephesus, and it says that he, when he was there, he taught boldly in the synagogue. Okay, however, at that time, Apollos's understanding of the gospel was actually incomplete, and we'll find out about this, since he was equated only with the baptism of John. So all his teachings had come from John the Baptist. And that's what he knew, and that's what he was teaching. But it was, it was a little bit more that he didn't know about. And this probably means that Apollos, he preached repentance, and he preached faith in the Messiah, because John the Baptist taught that. 
And maybe he even believed that Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah, but what he didn't teach or what he didn't know the full magnitude of was the magnitude of Jesus' death and his resurrection. Okay? So here comes Apollos. We're going to see about this guy. So Acts chapter 18, again, let's verse, look at the next verse. Let's look at verse 26. <clears throat> the Bible says, Now he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla, and we talked about them last week, had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And we talked about Aquila and Priscilla, didn't we? They were the ones that, that opened their house to Paul. They, they started a church in their home. You know, they learned a lot from Paul. Well, here comes Aquila and Priscilla. They're friends of Paul. They know Paul's doctrine. And they see Apollos. They see him preaching. And they're like, you know what? He's got some gaps he doesn't understand. So what did they do? They brought him in, and they filled in those gaps of, of his understanding of Jesus Christ. They taught about his resurrection, and they taught him about, about his, 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 uh, the, the meaning of his, of his death and the meaning of his resurrection. And you think about Apollos. He was a Jew. He knew the Old Testament, but now he's a Christian, and he's preaching Christianity. But he, he had the Holy Spirit in him, and this is how we know, because he was humble enough to listen to Aquila and Priscilla. He was humble enough to grow in the Word of God from another Christian. And how often are we like that? How many people do we know, maybe, you know, big Bible thumpers or, you know, you know leaders in the church or maybe not even leader of the church or a pastor or anybody in a church, and they think they know it all, and they're not open to the Word of God, okay? Well, this wasn't Apollos. So let's look at verse, same chapter. We're staying right there in 18 for a little bit more, and we're going to read 27 and 28. <clears throat> and the Bible says, And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. What's he doing now? Well, now Apollos. He's got that knowledge of Christ's death and his resurrection and the true meaning of that and, and the magnitude of that. And so what's he doing? Now he's preaching that too. So he's preaching the whole gospel of Christ, right? And here's Apollos. He's, a, he's, he's armed with this complete message, and he immediately begins to preach that ministry. He, he, he's being used by God now. He's completely, he's got on the whole armor of God, and he's going for it, right? And it says that, he was a, an effective preacher that preached the gospel to the Jews. He was, he was getting it out there, right? So let's go on. Let's look at 19, chapter 19, verse 1. Let's see where Apollos is going. And the Bible says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corneth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. So we see what's happening here. We see Apollos travels through Achaia, and he eventually found his way to Corneth. And what was he doing? He was preaching the whole time, right? He's traveling right behind Paul. So Paul's already went through there preaching. Well, here comes Apollos. So Paul's going through there preaching the word of God, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's planting those seeds. Well, here comes Apollos. What's he going to do? He's going to confirm what the people heard from Paul. So he's going to be maybe watering those seeds when he comes through, right? 
So let's see what else Apollos does. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> Excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 12, and the Bible says, Now this I say, that every one of you say, saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I of Christ. Okay, so we see that, that we're talking there that these people are talking about people that have preached to them and they've heard the word of God, right? But we see Apollos was mentioned. He's mentioned as what? One of those people that came through here preaching just like Paul. So we see he's still, whatever, he's still preaching. He's still serving. And now he's got that whole, whole gospel and he's, he's moving on with it. So let's look. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> verses 4 through 6. And the Bible says, For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Wow. Wow. So here we see Apollos is mentioned again, isn't he? He's mentioned that he's out there preaching the gospel of Christ just like Paul, okay? Well, we see something different here. We see that it's talking about that Paul went through there and preached, and he planted that seed. And then it says Apollos went through and watered, okay? And that's how people get saved, right? Somebody plants a seed, somebody waters the seed, but then what happens? God gave the increase. And how does he give that increase? We can't save anybody. We can tell people about Christ, and we can plant the seed, we can water the seed, and that's not just done by our preaching, that's just done by your everyday actions. People may know you're a Christian, but they look at your attitudes, they look at your words, and they see how you are. Maybe you're planting a seed, maybe you're watering a seed, you don't know, but eventually that person may be called by God, and that's what we see here. God gives the increase because he draws people to salvation, and once they're saved, guess what? He increases the church. He's building the early church, okay? So let's look at still in 1 Corinthians. Let's go to chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 12. The Bible says, As touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at at this time, but he will come when he shall have convenient time. So what's old Apollos doing now? Well, we see here Apollos is being mentioned again, and he's still talking about, he's one that's still traveling around, and what's he doing? He's still traveling around preaching the gospel. And he's saying when he's ready, when he's done, wherever he's at preaching, and God's ready to move him on, he's going to move him on. He's going to bring him to wherever they're at, right? So let's look at old, let's look to the book of Titus. Look to the book of Titus, chapter 3. Titus, chapter 3, and verse 13. <clears throat> Let's look at the last time we hear about Apollos. Titus, chapter 3, verse 13 says, <clears throat> Excuse me. Bring Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their journey diligently, that nothing be wanting unto them. 
that nothing be wanting unto them. <clears throat> and that would be nothing is lacking unto them, okay? And this is the last mention of Apollos in the Bible that we see. And it's in Paul's letter to Titus. And basically he's saying, do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. And, and, and see that they have everything they need. Why is he doing that? He's telling them to, to help them and help Apollos to make sure he has everything he needs so he can do what? So he can continue preaching. He's keeping him moving, right? Obviously, Apollos was on his way through Crete, and, and this is where Titus was, and, and at this time. And, and obviously, Paul wrote this letter saying, you know, consider he was still thinking about Apollos. He knew Apollos was going through there, so he sent this letter saying, hey, Apollos is a valuable co-labor and friend of mine. Make sure he has everything he needs when he gets there, okay? Now, <clears throat> that's about the last time the Bible mentions him. And if you look through history, through non-biblical books, it, it talks about that uh, some believe that Apollos eventually returned to Ephesus to serve in the church there. There's no biblical evidence of that. Um, and it's very possible he did. But like I said, there's no biblical evidence. And, and also, some identify as Apollos. I found this is interesting. They think Apollos may be the unknown author of Hebrews. Again, the Bible does identify that, but history, you know, they, they like to think that. Now, all we do know is that Apollos was a man of letters, and he had a zeal for what? He had a zeal for the Word of God, right? He had a zeal for preaching, and he had a talent for it. Remember, he was eloquent, okay? He was a good preacher. He wasn't one that just got in there and pounded rocks. He was one that was very eloquent, and he labored in the Lord's work. He aided the ministry of the apostles because he was right there with Paul, right? He was going. And what did he do his whole life once we hear about him? All we saw is that he was faithful. And he was faithful in what? Spreading the word of God and building that church. Okay? He was planting seeds and he was watering seeds that we know God later harvested. Okay? And that's Apollos. <clears throat> let's, <clears throat> let's look at one more verse related to Apollos. Let's look at Second Peter chapter 3. As we're thinking about this guy that was faithful. In spreading the word of God. Second Peter chapter 3. I keep passing it. We might get there. Second Peter chapter 3. And let's look at verse 18. The last verse there. It says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Okay, now think about Apollos. Apollos' life what he did should encourage each of us to what? To right here, grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord. How can you preach the word? How can you be a witness of Christ if you don't grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord? This is what Apollos did. Remember, he went into to Ephesus and, and Aquila and Priscilla. What did they do? God gave him the grace to go there. He meant for him to go there so he could learn and he could grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord. And that's exactly what he did. And then we need to learn to use our God-given gifts to promote the truth of Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what Apollos did. So let's look at another guy. Let's go to Romans chapter 16. <clears throat> Romans chapter 16, verse 23. Romans 16, verse 23. And the Bible says, the Bible says I'm on the wrong page. There we go. 16, verse 23 says, <clears throat> excuse me. 
Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church, saluteth you, Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you, and Quartus, a brother. So we, we're identified to three guys there, but we're going to look at this guy named Erastus. We see that Erastus, in, in, if we look at this, he was a friend and a co-worker of Paul, right? Because Paul's writing about him. And he was a civil servant in Corinth, exactly what he was. It says right there, a chamberlain of the city. He was a civil servant. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we'll find out he was a believer in Jesus Christ. And think about it. If he's in the city, he's a director of the public works. He would have been quite an influential man in the city, right? Uh and his duties would have included something like upkeeping civic buildings and, and city streets. And, and, and maybe, you know, also if he was a civil servant in that city in that time, he would have been collecting public revenue. Okay. He would have been in the government. He would have been a very influential person. But yet he's following Christ. And, 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 and another thing that a little side note that I found was kind of interesting. In the city of Corneth, there's some in the pavement of the road. There's an inscription with his name, and it says that he donated the pavement that made the roads in that city. Okay? And that's not biblical. That's history. But there's Erastus. Okay? And it goes right along, and it, all, it, all that does is support the Bible. Okay? But we see right there, he donated pavement for that city. Okay? That sounds like a Christian, doesn't it? You're donating something for the civil good, Right? A worldly person would have probably sold the pavement to that city, but he donated. So I just thought that was interesting. But let's look at Acts chapter 19 and verse 10. We'll find out more about this guy. <coughs> chapter 19 and verse 10. And the Bible says, And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So what are we talking about here? Well, we're going back and we're talking about Paul. You know, and Paul was preaching and he was ministering in Ephesus, and it says he was he was there for two years. Okay? And every Jew and Greek who lived in the province of Asia at that time, they had a chance to what? Hear the word of God for two years. He's there preaching for two years, okay? So let's look. In that same chapter, Acts 19, let's look at verse uh, 21 and 22. <clears throat> so verse 21 and 22, the Bible says, After these things were ended, Paul proposed in the Spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent unto Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timothy and Erastus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a season. So what do we see in here? So here's Paul. He's been there two years, right? Well, eventually Paul's going to go to Jerusalem. And on his way, he passed through Macedonia. And, and this is where he must have seen exciting opportunities for ministry, right? He went through there and he's like, there's some some uh, fields ripe for harvest here. It's exactly what he saw. So what did he do? He sent Erastus, along with Timothy, to Macedonia to preach and spread the word of gospel while he moved on, right? So we see Erastus, he's hanging out with Paul. He knows the doctrine. He's a Christian. He's a preacher, and he's, he's out there. He's gone. And it is unknown whether Erastus was already with Paul 
We don't know that. Or whether Paul contacted him on, in, in Corinth by a letter. Uh, either way, it's clear that Erastus was what? He was heavily involved in the practical ministry and missionary work there. He was working. Okay? And remember, this was a guy that's in, in leadership in a city, and he's in government. Yet, he's serving God. Okay? So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and follow Erastus a little bit, see what he's up to. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. Second <clears throat> Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. And the Bible says, Erastus abode at Corneth. Remember, that's the city where he's, he's, a, he's a government official, right? But Thromethius have I left at Miletus sick. Miletus sick. So we hear, this is the last mention we hear about Erastus, okay? And it is part of this letter. It's, it's near the end of Paul's life when you write Second Timothy. It says that Erastus stayed in Corinth, but he left uh, Thromethius sick in Miletus, okay? So Erastus is still preaching, Paul departed from him and left him in Corinth. So from, from the wording of this verse, it seems that Erastus did travel and he did minister with Paul at some point before returning to public office in Corinth. So at some time, he's a government official in Corinth. He gets saved. He hears Paul's preaching. He begins preaching and he travels and he preaches for a bit. Okay, Then he comes back. Comes back to the city to serve in whatever capacity he had. But he was a leader in that city. He donated pavement. History tells us that, right? So what can we learn about Erastus? Well, we can learn that in spite of his prominent rank in the Roman government, because he was there, he had some rank, right? His service to God was his top priority. How about our lives? Are our jobs more important than our service to Christ? Think about that. And even leaving, he even left his work in Corneth to travel and spread the word of God to foreign lands around him. Would we travel if God told us to? If he said, hey, take a break, go travel. I want you to spread the word of God, you know, to Arkansas. Would you go? I probably would. Arkansas is pretty. But we got to think about this guy. He was in a pretty good of power, position of power. And, and we can see that from Erastus' example that we should also hold on continually to that service of Christ as our ultimate goal in life. That should be our goal, not our job, you know. And it doesn't matter whether we're rich or poor. We can serve God, right? We can serve him cheerfully. We can serve him faithfully in whatever position he puts us in, not whatever position we want to do, you know. I might want to be the song leader. That's not going to happen. We all know that, okay? But Whatever he puts you at. And you don't have to be a song leader. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. You don't have to be a preacher. You can be a housewife that witnesses to people you know. You can be a guy that goes to work every day and mounts tires on wheels. But yet God can use you. And that's exactly what we can learn from this guy, Erastus. Okay? So let's look at another guy. His name is Gaius. Now, you look in the New Testament, there are several men in the New Testament named Gaius. So it must have been like a common name back there. It must have been like, you know, Joe. Okay? But it was a common name. And all these men that, we, that, that are named Gaius that are mentioned in the New Testament, they have one thing in common. 
they are involved in the ministry in some way. In some aspect, they're involved. So let's go to Acts 19 and look at one of these guys. <clears throat> Acts 19, in verse 29. <clears throat> Acts 19, verse 29, the Bible says, And the whole city was filled with confusion, and having caught Gaius and Archestius, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. Well, if we read this whole story, we're not going to read it all, but we're just going to touch on a little bit here. Uh, we see what happens. Here's Gaius. It says a man of Macedonia. Okay. Well, that's a region of modern-day Greece. And, and here we see he was one of Paul's traveling companions at this time. And during this, he was during, this is during Paul's third missionary journey. He's with Paul. Okay. So let's look at same chapter, 19. Let's read... 34 and 35, because it sounds like some trouble's coming right there in verse 29, right? Well, let's read 34, 34 through 41, actually. I'm sorry, 35 through 41. And, and, and the Bible says, And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is that there that knoweth not how that the city of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana. So here we see Paul and his, his, his buddies here are preaching in this town. Okay? But this town worships a goddess named Diana. And we go on, and it says, And the image which fell down from Jupiter, seeing that these things cannot be spoken against, ye ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. For ye have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches nor blasphemers of your goddess. Wherefore, if Demetrius and the, the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open, and there are deputies. Let them impede one another. But if ye inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. For we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. And when he had thus spoken... He dismissed the assembly. <clears throat> so what's, what's Gaius doing? Well, we see here that Paul's there, Gaius is there, and Paul's preaching. A riot broke out in Ephesus because of this preaching. They did not like the word of God. And why is that? We're going to see. Well, Gaius, during this, this uprising, this riot, Gaius was one of the guys that was seized by Demetrius. And Demetrius was the leader of the silversmiths of this city. Okay, And these silversmiths, they're the ones that made little bitty idols, okay? They made little gods, little Gs, right? And this mob, they grabbed Gaius and, the, and, and to the Ephesian, the Ephesian theater, and, and they would have probably done some violence to him, right? You know, they may have beat him up, kicked him out of the city. They may have even killed him. But we see, as we read there, the city clerk came, and he intervened for them, right? And who do you think had a hand in that? Probably God. Wanted to make sure his people didn't kill, get killed off. <clears throat> so that was Gaius. Here he's, he's, he's preaching, and he gets wrapped up in a riot, right? So let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to read the first two verses. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corneth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Okay? We see what? Well, right here, Paul is speaking to who? He's speaking about his journey when he went to Corneth. That's what he's talking about. Well, let's look at verse 14. It says, and, and this is where, you know, where Paul was. And in verse 14 it says, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. Okay? So what happened here? We see that Gaius was a man of Corneth, and he says that he was only one of two men that Paul baptized while he was there. Well, what happens before you get baptized? You hear the word of God and you get saved, right? So this guy was saved and he was baptized, right? So let's look at Romans, Romans 16, verse 23. Romans 16, verse 23. <clears throat> Hang on. Romans 16, verse 23. The Bible says, Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church, saluteth you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you. And Quartus, a brother. But we're talking about Gaius here. We already talked about old Erastus. But we see right here that later, toward the end of his third missionary journey, when Paul wrote his epistle to the Romans, he was staying where? In Gaius's house. Okay? How's that for a Christian? Okay? And Gaius included, was included in his greetings to the church in Rome. So Gaius had a hand in Paul's ministry. Okay? He was there with him, especially when he got wrapped up in a riot. Pretty bad thing. So <clears throat> let's look at Acts 20, verse 4. Let's look at somebody else here real quick. Acts 20, verse 4. Acts 20, verse 4 says, And there accompanied him into Asia, Sopater of Berea, and of the Thessalonians, Amarstarsus and Segundus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy, and of Asia, Tychius and Trimetheus. So here we see a guy named Gaius of Derby. So it's a different Gaius right here. So we see this Gaius joined Paul's group while he was in Greece. And he stayed with him through his journey into Asia Minor. And, and sailing ahead of Paul, uh, Silas and Luke were, were waiting for them in, in Troas. And this, this guy Gaius, this is where he picked him up. And he, how did he pick Paul pick him up? Because maybe somebody th went through that city and planted that seed. And when Paul went through, he watered it. And this guy gave his life to Christ and started following Paul. He's going with Paul. He's assisting Paul. Okay? So let's go to... Uh, Third John chapter one. Third John chapter one. Third John chapter one, and we're going to read two verses here. We're going to read verse three first. I'm sorry, verse one. Ooh, 
Third John chapter 1. Let's start over there. The Bible says, The elder of the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. So here we're talking about a man named Gaius who was a friend to John and an elder in an unnamed church here. And he was described as being what? Well-beloved, right? Well, let's look at same chapter. We're going to stay right here in this chapter, 3 John. And let's look at verse 3. It says, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. Let's jump to verse 11 and read that one, because these go together. It says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Okay? When we see here, Gaius is called what? Beloved, two more times, right? He is also described as being full of truth and walking in the truth. How would you like to be described as a Christian like that? If they said, hey, you know, that's, that's Steve over there. He's full of truth and he's walking in the truth. That's a pretty good testimony right there. So let's see. Let's let's still third John. Let's read chapter or chapter verses five and six and learn more about this guy. It says, Beloved, thou do, doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on the journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. In verse eleven again, beloved. Follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. So we see here, we see that he, he is commend for what? He is commend for his hospitality to traveling preachers right there. Okay? He, he, he's also, uh, and not just preachers of, of anything, preachers of the word of God. Okay? He's also commended for his faithfulness and his love. So how would you like to be like this guy, Gaius? He walks in the truth. He knows the truth. He has hospitality, hospitality to preachers. They're traveling. He's faithful. He's full of faithfulness, and he's full of love. That's a pretty good pedigree, right? And that's the way we should be. You know, how are our hearts, you know? So let's look at a couple more guys. Whew, let's look at a couple more guys. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. <clears throat> Acts chapter 20, and let's read verses 1 through 4. And after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto himself, unto him, the disciples, and embraced them, and departed for to go into Macedonia. And when he had gone over these parts, and had had given them much exhortation. He came unto Greece, and there abode three months. And when the Jews laid wait for him, as he was about to sail to Syria, he proposed to return through Macedonia. And there accompanied him into Asia, Sopater of Berea, and of the Thessalonians, Aristocras, and Segundus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy, and of Asia, Tiresias and Trimotheus. Can't spell them, can't say them. They're all Greek to me. 
But we're looking at three guys here because we looked at a couple. We're looking at the guy named Sopater, Sagundus, and Trometheus. Okay? So what we see here is these, these three guys that we're looking at, they're three of, of several men that, that they, were, they were traveling with Paul. They were accompanying Paul on his missionary journey through what? Through Asia Minor. Okay? And these three men, like I said, there's others that we've already looked at, but these three we're looking at, Sopater, Sopater Segundus, and, and Trimetheus, Trimotheus, something like that. These three guys, they're traveling with Paul. Why are they traveling with Paul? Is he paying them? No. Somebody preached to them, and they got saved, and they're serving with Paul. You know, they may not be preaching, but they're doing something. Maybe they're passing out tracts don't know but they're god thought enough of them to put their name in this bible for us to read and us to learn about so let's look at acts chapter 21 and there's very little about these three guys but we still see a lot about them acts chapter 21 and verse 29 and the bible says for they had they had seen before with him in the city of trimotheus an ephesian whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. So we see this guy, Trimotheus, was an Ephesian, but he's an Ephesian that what? It says right here, he was seen with Paul. He was seen with Paul when? As he preached to the Jews in the temple. So Paul's not in there alone, is he? This guy followed Paul. He got saved. He gave his life to Christ. He starts serving Christ, and he's seen in the temple with Paul as Paul preached to the Jews. Okay? Let's look at 2 Timothy 4.20. 2 Timothy 4.20. 2 Timothy 4.20. 2 Timothy 4, 4 verse 20 says, Erastus abode at Corneth, but Trimotheus... Have I left at Miltus Miltus sick? Okay, we read that earlier, but we were talking about Erastus back then. But this is the last time we hear of this guy, Tromotheus. And he was still serving on the mission field, wasn't he? He was still there with Paul. But he was left in a town of Miltum because he was sick. So somewhere along his life, he heard preaching. He got saved. He started following Paul helping into the ministry, and he continued and continued and continued. And the last time we hear about it, he's still out on the mission field, but he's sick. So he gets, he, he gets left in a city. And we don't know what happened to him. But God gave us his name, and he gave us this guy Sopater and Segundus. He put their names in here because they served Christ. They gave their lives to Christ, and they followed. And... and all these men we've talked about today, Apollos and Erastus and, and the Gaius guys and Sopater and Segundus and, and Trimotheus, what do they have in common? What do these guys have in common? Well, they were all followers of Jesus, weren't they? They got saved and they spent their lives spreading the gospel of Jesus. One of them got sick and got left in a city. Another guy got wrapped up in a riot and drugged down to the theater and was pretty close to getting killed. Okay, they all went through things. They went through the troubles of life. And one of them was even a leader in the government 
But that position was not as important as serving Christ. And that's what we can learn from these guys. We can learn that serving Christ should be the primary focus of our life. Nothing else should be there. And we should work our lives following Christ and spreading the, word of the, spreading the gospel of Christ. Okay, let's pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you once again today. Thank you for this moment just to look at some more people that, that followed you and, and were changed by you, you, Lord, and were called by you and how they served you once that calling was there, Lord. And I ask you to help us, Lord. Help us go out and be those that plant seeds and, and water, Lord, and, and, and make, it, make it able or make it ready for you to, to harvest, Lord. And I ask you just to be with us the rest of this day as we continue to hear your word and and, Lord, just keep us safe, Lord, and, and bring people to church, Lord. Bring visitors in today, Lord. And if you would, Lord, it, if it be your will that somebody would get saved today, Lord, and give their life to you as these men did. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.